Welcome to the WRSU Crew, the revolutionary show to hear all things sports, from your very own Rutgers Athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe. Coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. It's a Thursday. It's past the 6 o'clock hour. It's time for the crew, the Thursday edition on WRSU FM New Brunswick. A whole jam-packed tr- uh, crew here on this Thursday, our first show in a while. It seems to be the case where we have a crew one week. The next few weeks we're preempted. We come back a week. We get preempted again. We come back preempted. We're back and forth. Spring not break. as many <laughs> not as many Thursday crew shows, but we finally have one here today on March 23rd. I'm Alex Carbonati, Daniel Martin, Jake Maystel, Pete is with me as well, one of our shadows. Pete, your last name one more time. Cudahy. Cudahy, that's what it was. Cutting like a knife, I like it. Pete Cudahy <laughs> with us too as we're back for the Already Thursday crew. Con. Hey, hey baby, we're back in action. We we were off last week because of the spring break. I don't remember if we had a show on the ninth. I don't think, I, actually no, we did, I think, because uh, Rutgers men's basketball b- played Michigan that day. They beat them by 12. We had, you know, a whole bunch of programming. We had Matt Keenan's show. We had the hockey show. We had, yeah, we did have the crew and then Richard Skelly and then Overnight Sensation. So that, re- that was I, a whole. I recall, I recall being on that crew show, and I, re- I recall you saying that you were uh, pretty confident about Rutgers making the tournament. Now, I'm not going to hold that against you. Okay. But, uh, You're right. You know. We Okay, so yeah, now that you brought this to my memory, we did have that show two weeks ago, but we're back for the first time in two weeks. Uh, we all know what happened. Rutgers did not make the national tournament. It didn't work out. They played in the NIT game versus Hofstra, and that was a brutal loss in overtime to end the season. Look, say what you want about the collapse, how things happened. Mawat Mag tears his ACL, disaster towards the end of the season, but the season is over, and that's all in the past. All mm-hmm. you can focus on now is the present and the future. And breaking news just broke one hour ago. Dan just told me this before we came on the air. Cliff Amore, I believe, has just declared for the draft, and there's a possibility that if he do- if he doesn't get drafted, he couldn't come back next year. Dan, what's the story on that? So, yeah, he, uh, he has officially um, he's entered himself into the draft, but the way the new rules work right now, he can withdraw. Got him. Um, he, yeah, ma- he, he he currently maintains his eligibility yes, for exactly. for uh, next year. So he so if let's say going through the draft process before before the deadline where he has to make a decision whether to like be all in or not, mm-hmm. you know during draft process if he gets a read from scouts and his people that he's not really gonna be much of a shot to be drafted, then he'll probably pull back the way Caleb McConnell did last year. Right. And he'll come back and play out his eligibility at Rutgers. Uh, Ron Harper Jr. did this. Geo Baker did this. Caleb McConnell did this. Now we're going through the same thing with Cliff Amore. I don't expect that he will be drafted. He's played really well at Rutgers, but his play is also a bit two-dimensional. In terms of like the NBA style of playing sure. center, right? They he, he doesn't as of right now he doesn't necessarily have the skill set everybody's looking for when right. they look at his tape. So I feel pretty confident that unless one team gets really excited about his his physical attributes and you know his his athleticism, right? I I imagine he will probably be back next season. I mean he should be back. I mean I don't see him being a first round pick. I I. I I agree completely, but, you know, we look at the way it has spoiled into what it is now. I mean, look, great dunker. He improved a lot with his free throws, but, Dan, there's still questions about his shot as a whole. 
Yeah, I think he's he's probably too limited an offensive player right now. Sure. But he for sure has great athleticism. He's very toolsy. Um, and he has a real shot at becoming an NBA player. I do think if he comes back next year, he could improve his draft stock a lot. And if you look at the recent history, just since this rule has come sort of into place where you can enter the draft and then withdraw once you have some feedback from teams and stuff, sure. Rutgers players typically, who are strong players, they enter and then they withdraw. We saw it with Geo Baker, as Jake mentioned. Ron, uh, the first time he he entered the draft and then he withdrew. Right. Then last year he entered and he stayed. Right. Caleb McConnell as well. The only case where someone has entered the draft and not withdrawn the first time they entered in recent Rutgers history was Jaden Jones. Right. Of course. And I think everyone would say he probably made a mistake there and he would have been better off staying. So I think I would expect that Cliff joins those guys, the Geo, Ron, and Caleb's who. Right. They entered the draft the first time, and then they withdrew after having the feedback from teams. But you never know, and he is – he when they recruited him, he was somebody who everyone was saying he has an N, uh, he has an NBA season right. – uh, ceiling. Ceiling, right. And this could be him trying to fulfill that. I would expect, though, he probably returns to uh, uh, the rack next year. I mean, yeah, year. I mean, he should be playing at Jersey Mike's next year. He should be back on the banks. We all expect that. And you know what? I like the – the approach Pete he's taking here. Look, he is going in. He has the ability to come back. What we expect to happen, he'll come back next year. He'll pull the Ron, the Geo, the Cliff move or what have you, or or rather Caleb move or what have you, and we'll see Cliff back with the Skull Knights in 2023-24. Uh, my thing is, though, with Jaden Jones, you mentioned that, uh, Dave, and that's a really unique situation because, A, he did declare, and B, he didn't get drafted. But C, he didn't get a lot of chances with Rutgers. He didn't play a lot with Rutgers. Now, his first bright sparks, okay, they were good, but a lot of it is on Rutgers not giving him a lot of time. I think the right move for Jaden Jones would have been just to transfer completely, go somewhere else, build up his stock there, and then declare for the draft two, three, four years later, whatever it would have been. The other thing is he did things in kind of an interesting way where yeah. he didn't actually just enter the draft. He went transfer, transfer portal draft. And then he had the chance to go back to Rutgers or transfer. He didn't do either. He stuck it out in the draft. And, right, and uh, it didn't work for him, obviously. Yeah, it really didn't work out. But I do think Cliff has a couple of areas in his game that sure. if he fine-tunes them, if he gets some post moves, some like really reliable things that he can turn to on offense, sure. if he improves his hands a bit, then he could be a really successful center in the, in the NBA. Right. And I think the way he does that is probably not by learning on the job in the league. It's probably by coming back here for one more year. Of course. But this is absolutely the move for him so that he can at least explore that option. No, for sure. And, you know, one thing, Pete, which was a big question for Cliff, especially towards the end, was his rebounding. And we all know how good of a rebounder he is. He's a solid force. He's, my goodness, he's 6'11 for a reason. The guy can swat a ball like that. He can take balls away, whatever it may be. But towards the end of the year, we saw a lot of struggles where he was getting out-rebounded, whether it be Zach Eady, Hunter Dickinson, whatever Big Ten big guy you want to name. He was getting outperformed, especially towards you know the skid Rutgers had to close out this season. That's one area of focus where they have to go to if they want a Cliff to be in the draft and if Cliff himself wants to be able to play professional basketball by the time his Rutgers career comes to a close. Yeah, Cliff made a big jump this year, and he, he was a great player, but I don't see Cliff getting drafted this year no. at all. I can't see him. You said first-rounder. I can't see him being a second-rounder. Right. And even if he doesn't get drafted, I also don't see teams picking him up. He's got a lot of energy. He's got great size. Right. His physicality's great. But he really does need to hone in on these skills. 
And another year would do him a lot of good. Sure. He comes back, I think there's going to be a lot of growth, and I could see him maybe getting picked in the second round. But even if not, some team might pick him up on a two-way deal or right. something. And he could be a great backup in the NBA. I think he could be really good in that role. I just I never see him being a starter kind of player. Well, think about it. You know, it's not exactly similar, Jake, but it's like Ron Harper Jr. to a certain extent, where Ron Harper, like we talked about, went into the draft one year, came back. Last year, his final year with Rutgers, went into the draft, did not get drafted, but signed with the Raptors, that two-way deal as a undrafted free agent. Played a few games in the NBA. Wasn't that bad, but he's killing it right now with the the uh, the Raptors 905 team. Oh, in just the had a triple double. Yeah, yeah, he's been Pete, crazy. Pete just mentioned he just had a triple double. Yeah, for Raptors 905. Thirty point triple he's double. Been, he's been doing wow. really well for for their uh, G League team. Sure. So I mean, you, you have to imagine that at some point. At some point down the line, they're gonna ask. They're gonna start giving him some reps at the, uh, at the, you know, major league level. I guess you would call it. I don't sure. really know know what the terminology is in the NBA. But I mean, he team. also he went to a great spot. The Raptors are really a developmental team. Right. Like if you look at them, look at like Pascal Siakam. He comes into the league very raw. You know, he's not like his skills mm-hmm. weren't that great, but he had the size, he had the ability, and look at him now. I mean, he's an All Star, yep. arguably top. 20 player in the league, I'd say. Maybe like he was an all-star this year. And a world champion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and, and the other thing that's good is that the Raptors are kind of a team that's in a bit of a transitional period. You right. know, they, they're, they're still, they're no longer really riding the highs of that championship a few years ago. Obviously, a lot has happened since 2019, um, both in and out of the NBA. But, but you know, they're in a bit of a transitional period. So that 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 kind of team is a really good one for a young guy like Ron Harper Jr. trying to make his name in the NBA. So I, I get the point we're kind of getting with here is that, you know, if Ron Harper Jr. is kind of like the mold, right, for how a Rutgers player should, eat, you know, if they're trying to make it in the NBA, you know, it it's going to be a lot more work. Yeah. Right, than someone coming from like say Kentucky or Duke, right? You know the schools that always get scouted. Um, but I think if Cliff, Cliff Cliff certainly has the size and athleticism, you know those measurables that a lot of NBA teams are going to be looking for. I don't know that he'll necessarily be playing the five, but at the same time, if he can improve his shooting overall, right, then. He could certainly find himself on one of those two-way deals, probably undrafted still, and could be able to work his way up. I I think that's kind of one of those things where, you know, with NBA-level coaching, that could be something that improves with him. So I guess for Cliff Amore, whether it's this year or next year, whenever he ends up going to the league, because I do think he'll get a shot at least in the G League. Oh, sure. Um, It's a matter of... It's really a matter of, you know, whether he will be able to develop at that level and whether a team will be willing to take a chance on a guy who they'll consider to be a bit more of a project. Right. Which, you know, I mean, in in leagues where they have a much deeper draft, you see that happen all the time, right? I mean, we see it in the NFL draft. Every major league baseball draft pick is a, is a project. Uh, NHL, every draft pick is a project. Um, but... You know, I mean, NBA with only two rounds and so fewer roster spots, both in your big league team and your minor league team, you know, it it's harder to take those kind of chances. You want a more sure thing. So it'll be interesting to see if any teams will be willing to 
put in a little more work. With well, him. you know, it's just it's a very intriguing complex the way you put that, Jake. Because if Ron Harper Jr. is the standard, right, for Rutgers players to make the National Basketball Association, if he's the top of the crop. That's a hard way to do it, but it could be done. And you know what? If you have to either be a second-round draft pick or not get drafted inside the contract Ron Harper Jr. did when he did not get drafted this year, but still, he contributes in big ways, especially in the G League program before being that NBA star-level type of athlete, that could be the way to do it. And for Cliff, if, if, if that's the same route, why not have that happen? It's easier said than done, right? But at the same time, if that's the route to go, it's a good route to have because it gives you more time to build up to be the NBA player A you want to be and to the player that you can be to impress Rutgers as a basketball school, a school that it wants to be known for basketball. So it's that. But my thing also for next year, Dan, I'll I'll post this question to Dan first and then and then the rest of the guys here. But no Caleb McConnell next year. Obviously, Ron Harper and Gio have been gone for now two seasons. Will be two seasons by next year. Uh, Paul Mulcahy, who knows if he's coming back? Because the way he talked about it in his in the uh, press conference laws versus Hofstra, it seemed like he wasn't coming back. Now, he still could come back. He might return. Who knows? But let's say, for argument's sake, Caleb is gone and Paul is gone. Cliff Amore is that top guy. And if he wants to make the NBA next season, let's say he comes back and doesn't get drafted this year, that's another load of change to what Cliff has to do to actually get to the level he wants to be. Yeah, um, so you said a few things there. With regards to the team next year, I think Cliff would be one of the top guys, but also uh, certainly Cam Spencer sure. is still mm-hmm. a top guy. Oh, of course, was, of course. He was a more uh, reliable scorer in the conference games than Cliff sure. was. Right. And then I think a team like that would rely more than you would expect on the freshman Griffiths. Like, sure. He is coming in, and Gavin Griffiths is the top recruit that Steve Peichel has brought in since he got here. He is a big deal, and Ace Bailey will be when he comes. Right, right. But when Griffiths gets here next year, he will be a big deal. Of and course. if there's no Paul Mulcahy, that just sort of uh, jumps him up in terms of the role he has to play on right. this team. Right. Now, when looking at Cliff Amore, though, as a draft prospect— one thing you have to remember is he came to this country when he was 14. That's right. when he started playing basketball. Right. So he's a little bit more raw than someone who's been playing since they were like five or six. And someone like Ron Harper, his dad was an NBA player. He's been playing since he could walk. Probably. Forever, right. So he is a little bit more raw, but he has this incredible athleticism, this incredible ceiling, and there's so much that you can unlock. So I think that in that situation where Paul isn't coming back and Cliff is like a little more relied upon, and then for teams going forward, there's a lot more that Cliff can do, especially with regards to his kind of his rebounding his hands. Sure, Sometimes sure. his hands are like not quite as soft as you would like them to be, and then certainly his post moves and that ceiling. Like I said, the ceiling is so high for Cliff Amore. Oh, it is. Yeah. I just think the place to unlock it is probably Rutgers one more year. No, of, of, of course, and I'm not disagreeing with that at all. My thing is, though, when, when, when we look at a long previewed look at next year's roster, the guy with the most experience as a Rutgers guard all night is going to be Cliff Amore next year. Yeah, well, so, again, you mentioned Paul, and... If Paul leaves, think, obviously. I do think the, the press conference was interesting, but I do think you could say that's Paul thinking about the prospect right. of it being his But again, game. let's play devil's yeah. advocate. He's not coming back next year. Cliff's no, the number one sure, guy right it's there. It's for sure a possibility, and in that situation, Cliff is the number one guy. Him and, again, we're not sure what the future is 
for Dean Reber, for Oscar Palmquist, Andre Hyatt, Mag for Hyatt. Like these guys have all, um, although Hyatt has one less year in the program, they've all played a lot of college basketball. Sure, Same sure. with Cam Spencer, but certainly in terms of uh, time in the Rutgers program, Cliff would be the guy. Right. Um, the thing with Paul, though, is I would argue that almost everything we know about Paul Mulcahy, except for that one press conference, tells you that he's probably going to come back for oh, a fifth yeah. year. He is like Mr. Jersey. He's Mr. Mm-hmm. Rutgers. He's probably not a guy who has a long NBA career or even maybe a playing overseas career ahead of him. He's probably somebody who will be the best version of himself as a basketball player at Rutgers in the Big Ten. Mm. And he's somebody who has kind of wrapped himself in the Jersey flag. You know, right. he's New Jersey's point guard. Um, and he he wears this university on his uh, chest. It is his heart. He right. is he is uh, Jersey. And... I think I think it's very likely even with the press conference I just I think it's very likely he comes back but at the same time you do have to think about the possibility of a Paul Mulcahy less team next year. Right no of course and of course if that's the case Cliff is going to be the guy looked up to the most for a possible 2023-24 roster without Paul Mulcahy. Pete, I want your thoughts on this too because again it's such an intriguing scenario and again the season just ended the next season begins in November, so we got eight months already to wait for the next campaign with an with a older Cliff. We'll see what the roster looks like. Jalen Miller did did enter the transfer portal this week. Uh, you there 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 are rumors of guys leaving via transfer portal. There are guys graduating, obviously moving on. And there's also a look at the sense of these young players like a Derek Simpson. What are they going to do as a sophomore? That's the big thing there too. And not just Derek Simpson as as a sophomore. Griffiths, like he mentioned, as an incoming freshman. There's a lot of big questions for this team. You know, where could we see this team, especially without a Paul Mulcahy? We know Cliff will be the top leader, but what's what's the format going to be for next year? Let's say Paul Mulcahy doesn't come back, in your opinion. I do think uh, Cliff will be the number one guy, and I think Cliff will make strides. He's sure. made strides every single year. Sure. Um, I don't think Paul's coming back, being completely honest, and I'm fine with it. I, I agree not, with you, I'm not a fan of Paul. Um, <laughs> last year I was... This year, I don't know, at the end of the season, kind of fell off. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I would say I was expecting a lot more from Derek Simpson also this year. I'm from the South Jersey area, um, and he played at, I believe it was Cherokee, like literally two towns over from me. And I was expecting a lot from Derek Simpson, and I'm hoping next year he can progress in everything. But I think next year is a building year. Sure. I, I honestly, I'm not expecting us to make the tournament. I, I, I really I don't have high expectations. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, that's a very intriguing point. I really, it's a harsh reality to put to a certain extent. It's just being honest. No, 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 of course. And if we that, didn't make it this year with this no, team, no, which no, I, was, of I was expecting us to, no, but we course. just, we fell off at the end right. and I don't know. See, I'm actually not sure that I see things the same way because while I agree and one, I would love to spend a couple minutes later arguing with you. Talking about, about Paul? Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> oh, man, here we go. First, first, I would say, actually, at the beginning of this year, I didn't think we were going to make the tournament. Mm-hmm. We were losing our two top scorers and really like our two leaders, right? So no Geo Baker, no Ron Harper. Right. I didn't really think this was a tournament team. They really overachieved early, and then obviously they fell the apart. expectations shift, yeah. and then things fall apart down the stretch. I would still argue they had earned the spot in the tournament. The resume was good enough. The committee. I don't know. Uh, with the last month, I don't know about that. I mean, that's another conversation. But separately, I don't know that the expectation for me at the beginning of this season was this is a tournament team. It changed. And then I think the future for next year with an experienced Simpson with, and again, we'll talk about Mulcahy later, but experienced Simpson 
Cliff hopefully unlocking that next level and probably the best Cam Spencer that you're going to get having a year in the Big Ten, a really successful year in the Big Ten. I think that that team is probably even better than this team because, yeah, you're losing Caleb McConnell, huge loss on defense, but you have hopefully a fully healthy mag for a lot of next Well, season. that's the thing, too. Mag could come back by November. He could come back by March. He could come back by February, or he might not play at all next season. No yeah. one knows what's going on with his health status, obviously, right now. But, look, that's an ACL injury that right. just happened in February. Yeah. That's at least almost one year of recovery. For such a huge ligament. Not not necessarily, but it could be. Hold on. Not necessarily. It it used to be a full year of recovery, but if it's just the ACL, that's something that could be done in as soon as half a year, I believe. Yeah, about six months. Yeah, about six months. Um, Now, obviously, it depends on the severity of the injury. Were there any other ligaments that were damaged or torn? Um, You know, I'm... None of us here, I assume, are medical experts, so we can't really. We're I'm not going to. We're not going to speculate on the details of exactly how long his recovery. You don't call Doctor Carr. I'll put it that way. Let's say, let's say a good estimate, based on based on our knowledge as you know, sports geeks, should be anywhere between six months to a year. Optimistically, around six to seven months. I would, I would say, which. I mean, is a pretty good time frame for Mawat Mag. He should be able to make it. That means he should be able to make it back by at least a new year, hope, hopefully sooner. But, right. but, and 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 again, obviously, if the injury is more severe, then it's going to take a little longer, you know, with rehabbing and 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 all that. But the, I I think the 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 main thing here is that. It's it's a bad the the main thing here is that it's a bad injury and it's something he's going to have to mentally come back from as well not just physically because right. we've seen so many times in all levels of all sports you know even when a guy has an injury that they, they come back from they're cleared to play it it can mentally affect the way they play the game they're gonna may they might maybe play differently because they're trying not to re-aggravate something yeah the other yeah. thing for someone like mag who has like suffered a lot of injuries throughout the course of his uh his Rutgers career that's true you hate to see something that's so so devastating to come back from like he's right. he's someone who fought through a lot of injuries last year too mm-hmm. um so for his season to get wiped away like this uh it's really heartbreaking but at the same time I think it is worth remembering for someone like Moat Mag, he uh, he was born in Sudan. His family fled war-torn Sudan for Australia. He is somebody who is uh, who has lived. He's life. a fighter. He is a fighter. I didn't know that actually. Yeah, he. Uh, I don't know that. He's wow. a crazy life story. Um, really. And hmm. he has uh, he has faced worse than a torn ACL. Oh sure. And uh, and in terms of the mental side, I don't know Moat Mag personally, but from what I do know about him. I think he's more than capable of of coming back, and and uh, in terms of the mental side, just as strong. No, look, I mean, it's going to be intriguing to see how he comes back. I want to say one thing about that Paul Mulcahy thing. I think hey, I do, but very quickly, I personally, I think he's a great guy. I think Paul's a great guy. Say what you want about his play this year, especially towards the end. I think he's a great guy for the program. He's a great face for the program. I've had the pleasure of talking to him multiple times. He's very supportive. Of us, especially here at WRSU. So I tip my hat to Paul for that and the gratitude he shows to us. But, you know, I think I I think the heart and soul he's put into this program, regardless of performance, says a lot about the character he has for Rutgers basketball. At the same time, 
Does he come back next year? Will he come back? Who knows? We'll find out, obviously, by next season. But um, let's say he does not come back. It's going to be Cliff being that leader, that top captain per se. Cam Spencer could be back. Not guaranteed to have someone like Andre Hyde or Oscar Palmquist return. Mawat Mag, maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. Even though, let's say he plays, he's not going to be the guy he was before he tore the ACL. So it's, it's he's he's not going to just jump back in there, one, two, three, okay, let's go, let's play some ball. You're going to have to ease him in very slowly whenever he returns, especially if it's middle towards the end of the season next year. So yeah. it's a really intriguing picture that we have right now of this team but with Cliff declaring the draft and most likely that he could come back next year we're gonna have to piece it all together when that season comes around the corner so if Paul's back are we assuming Simpson's going into the starting lineup oh easily easily yeah. whether he comes back or not Simpson starts so in Paul, my opinion I think is very capable of coexisting with another point guard he, sure, of course. he started with Geo Baker his sophomore year he played a lot with Geo Baker right his freshman year so I don't think it should be which it kind of was at the end of the year this year. It was right. like a Paul or Simpson thing. I don't think that should be the conversation. I think Simpson should be starting oh, no, next no year. No question if about Paul it. If Paul comes back, I think he'll obviously also be starting next year. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I just think um, we shouldn't forget the totality of the Paul Mulcahy experience because of really a bad month. And sure. that true. is what it was. Because sure. Paul Mulcahy, at the end of last year, the back like half of the season – he was playing at an all-conference level. Sure. Mm -hmm. And then, at the beginning of this season, he wasn't quite an all-conference player, but he was he was that guy. And then, I think he got hurt. Now, they didn't ever officially have him out for this injury, but we saw his shoulder get banged up, like, sort of in that late January, that was a big February deal. run. And then, he had that incredible performance at the Garden, 17 points in the second half. He closed out the game, and he was not the same after that. Oh, I sure. think he would admit that he didn't play very well in the second half of the season. He also played pretty well in the Big Ten tournament, so maybe he found something late. He also was playing off-ball a lot more there when Simpson was starting. I think if you think that if Paul Mulcahy came back, he would be the guy he was at the end of this season, I think you're very mistaken. He would be closer to the guy he was at the beginning of the season. I mean, it's going to be intriguing. Jake, we'll give you the final word on this segment b before we step aside. I mean... I, I don't think I really have much to say that you guys haven't already said. I mean, Paul's a great guy. He's kind of, he's kind of been one of the faces of the program, really. I yeah, mean, sure. he's been Mr. Jersey on that team. We've, we've said all this stuff. I think the main thing for me is that it really depends on what Paul Mulcahy wants to do. I don't know if he plans to graduate and move on because he's not going to get drafted. He knows that. Right. He's probably not even going to make it on a G League team. You know, he's not a Villanova point guard, so he's not. He, he doesn't really have that level of talent. Um, you know, he, he's good at basketball. He's not that good. But I, I don't know if he wants to graduate and move on with his life, if he wants to keep playing basketball at Rutgers and right. better his shot at making a team somewhere else in the world or 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 what. I, I don't know. But, I mean, it really, really depends on what he wants. And whatever he chooses, I, I think we should all – we should all support Paul Mulcahy in whatever whatever his decision is. Yeah, just a quick note about his graduation status. He actually graduated last year. Really? So I think that means he's already in grad school. Huh. So oh, wow. that could also sway him. I mean, if he's already there and he just needs, like, one more year of grad school. Might as well come back. He, and him. here I was thinking he was going to be at, at Sky graduation with him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's not, <laughs> he's not walking with us. <laughs> uh, 
Well, he won't be there for me in 2024. That I know for a fact. But, uh, look, it's going to be a very intriguing future for this team in the next 6, 12 months, whatever it is. 6, 8 months, whatever. But the point is, is that Cliff has declared for the draft. Will he get drafted? We'll see. Will he come back? Most likely. Will Paul come back? We're not sure. What's the team going to look like? We'll have to find out in November of 2023 when the new year kicks off for the 2023-24 campaign in about eight months' time. With that, we'll step aside. When we come back, locks of the week. We'll give you some good advice, hopefully, and hopefully you can win some cash with our advice. We'll talk about that in 60 seconds on the Thursday edition of The Crew on 88.7 WRSU-FM New Brunswick. We're also online at WRSU.org. Locks of the week, locks of the week, locks of the week. Here we are again on, on a Thursday crew for Locks of the Week on 88.7 FM. We're also online at WRSU.org. Whole gang here on this Thursday crew, the regulars, and Jake Maystell and myself, Alex Carbonati. we got some newbies here. Gentlemen, introduce yourself for the audience that might be tuning in. Go ahead. My name is Pete Cudahy. Good to be with you guys. Glad to have you with Welcome us. Welcome on. Yeah. Wh- Welcome aboard. Uh, you know, the usuals and Dave Palumbo, Alec Krauthamel, not with us. Uh, now Dave is Where on the there air. anyway. Now we have Dave. <laughs> um, I'm Daniel Martin. It's good to be with you guys. Now we have Dave. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we'll get right into locks of the week. I've had an, a, an abysmal time so far this year. The one time I choose the Boston Bruins to win by two goals. They're up 2 nothing, Jake, and they lose 3-2. That's my fortune. I mean, that's that's just... That's, that's just... Betting in general. That's just that's just trying to pick games in general. Yeah. I, I, this is why I always say that that trying to predict the outcomes of, of sporting events is like the most futile effort possible because it's like a 50-50 coin flip no matter what. You can think somebody's got a chance to win, and they might even be playing like it, and then all of a sudden, boom, that's it. It's over. And what's so <laughs> ironic is that if the Bruins won that game, that would have been their 50th win of the season. So Who'd they lose to? Edmonton, the Oilers. And can't, right now— Can't say I'm too mad about that. But, <laughs> well, well, of course, it's your Rager fan. Why not? But, look, I well, mean— Well, I you, mean, I, also, just everybody hates the Bruins. That's true. I, I hate the Bruins. I can't stand the—no, I, I can't stand the Bruins. My brother is the biggest Bruins fan you'll find. He's probably the only one in the state of New York who likes the Boston Bruins. It's crazy. Yeah, there are happen? people in the state of New York who like the Bruins? My brother is one of them. <laughs> yeah, the one. My brother's the one of them. Jeez. I'm from Long Island, but Long I have family. Long Island kid likes the I Bruins. I have family in Boston. Uh, I have a lot of family in Boston, so okay. he, he, he's all Boston. But let's go to Locks of the Week. Mr. Maystell, do you want to kick us off, sir? Uh, Yeah, I will. I'm... uh. I'm not going to pick a result because I don't think I, – I think after the way my March Madness bracket has gone, I, I don't think I really want to do that this week. My, don't even look at my bracket. It's abysmal. Um, let's just say at least my national champion's still in it at the moment. Which uh, is who? Houston. Got it. I'm going over to the women's side of things. I'm not going to pick a result, but I am going to pick a player and how they're going to do. Villanova is playing Miami tomorrow at 2.30 p.m. Maddie Segrist for Villanova, one of the best scorers in the country. I think she's going to have at least 25 points against the Miami Hurricanes. I am optimistic that they'll win, but I'm not going to make that my lock of the week. Well, lock of the week, Maddie Segrist, 25 or more points against the Miami Hurricanes, and hopefully moving on to the Elite Eight. 
Daniel Modern, do you have something, sir? Yes, I do. Okay. I am going to take Princeton to cover against Creighton. They're given 10 points. They just crushed Missouri. Crushed. And Creighton's a good team. I'm not sure that I think Princeton's going to win this game, but I think they got a real shot. And at the very least, they'll lose by single digits. So I'm taking Princeton to cover against Creighton. Can't believe Creighton's actually in the Sweet 16. That's kind of crazy. You know, me. they're Creighton's, like sneaky good every yeah, year. Every teams. year they're sneaky yeah. no, good. No, I know that. It's, it's just like they fall off. Though, so usually. you they don't, usually fall yeah. off in March. So you don't have faith in Princeton. No, I just <laughs> don't have. I don't have unwavering faith in Princeton. Got it. And I have faith to a point. It's, okay. yeah. I mean, there's only been one 15 seed to ever make the Elite Eight, and that was St. Peter's last year. It's so it's completely incredible. understandable to kind of start to feel like, all right, mm, yeah. this might be where the run ends for Princeton. You know? Yeah, no, I have faith in Princeton not to get embarrassed. Okay. All right. <laughs> that's, that's one way to put it. Pete, what do you got for us? I have Bama to beat San Diego State. Okay. I think so far San Diego State has had a pretty easy ride to get here, and I just— I don't, I don't see it happening. Sure. Sweet 16, it's awesome you made it there. They're not going to the lead eight. Fair enough. All right, ma- all right. these guys don't know my spiel, Jake, so just bear with me through it, okay? Oh, boy. Here we go. Oh, boy is right. Back in 1994, there was a gentleman oh. b- by the name of Marc Messier, okay? Oh. Marc Messier, hockey player, New York Rangers, Oilers, all that stuff. I'm aware. In 1994, Number 11 retired. <laughs> he has. Back in 1994, he guaranteed a Game 6 victory in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Rangers were down 3-2 to the Devils in that series. He says to the New York Post, I guarantee we're going to win Game 6. What happened? He scored a hat-trick. They won Game 6. They also won Game 7. They went to the Stanley Cup Final that year. What also happened is that they beat the Vancouver Canucks in seven games to win the Stanley Cup for the first time in 54 years. I guarantee that's going to happen. It happened. Sam Rosen once said this will last for a lifetime. It sure has because they've not won a cup since 1994. So that tells you a lot about the New York Rangers. Although with Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko, we'll see how things go. gets longer every time you do it. It does. It does. <laughs> you have to throw Kane in now that they traded for and Kane. It, you have to and it, throw him into the ship. And it makes it more more intriguing, hopefully. But <laughs> now Tarasenko's there. Now Kane is there. We'll see if they do it. They probably won't, but we'll see, what they, we'll see if they make a run. Anyway, here's the deal. I guarantee... Like Mark Messier guaranteed in 1994, I-, I guarantee the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. First off, I hate the Penguins, but I'll say it anyway. The Penguins are playing the Stars in Dallas tonight. The Dallas Stars have 14 overtime losses this year. That's the most for any playoff-bound team right now in the National Hockey League all season. Calgary has the most with 15. If the playoffs were to start today, the Stars would be the most with OT losses with 14. Pittsburgh's coming off a huge 5-2 win last night against Colorado. Now, they're shaky. They're back and forth all year. But I think off the win versus Colorado, they're going to beat Dallas and Texas. Not only will they beat them, I guarantee Dallas will lose for the 15th time in overtime this season. That will happen tonight in Dallas against Sidney Crosby and and the Pittsburgh Penguins. I guarantee that, like Mark Messier guaranteed a Game 6 win back in 1994. That is quite a prediction. Pretty bold. You're predicting the Pens to win in overtime. Yes. Which... I, I, I got to say he is, is kind of a risky pick to me because they've been kind of terrible lately. Kind like, of, yeah. yeah. Which is they, fair. They just won. <laughs> they just won. They, that was also coming off a four-game losing streak in which they, in one of those games, were shut out six to nothing by, uh, oh, yeah, the New York the Rangers. New York Rangers. On, that, on that losing streak, they gave up six goals twice. <laughs> 
Let's Twice. keep in mind. Twice. Let's see. Hold up. Hold up. Let's yeah. see how many goals they, they gave up. 18 goals in that four-game losing streak. Not good. Let's, Not very let's good at all. Let's keep in mind, though, even though a team like this struggles, losing four straight, whatever, they've won a couple in a row following that when they win one, and then they start, start to get on some streak that lasts for a week or so, and then it goes back down. So they, they've been a very streaky team all year long. Who knows? They could build a three-game winning streak possibly and then lose it again. But I think tonight they'll win two games in a row. And the Stars have just been horrific in overtime this year. They've been awful. I mean, the only reason why they're still in first place in the Central is because of the OT points they get. Because if you lose in overtime, you get one point. Dallas has 90 points. They're tied with Minnesota for first. But the reason why Winnipeg has fallen off. It's a very odd system in, in hockey. Huh? It is very it's a very odd, uh, it is odd. standing Definitely. system. That's it's certainly ha- unique. Certainly, you yeah. Know. That, well, that's what happened for over two, almost two decades now. I think something of that nature. Something like that. But uh, the point is, is that with how bad Dallas has been in overtime this year, especially on home ice, and the fact that they're coming off an overtime loss, I see it happening. Because the last time they lost a game, or to my memory, the last time where they lost an OT game at home, they lost the next time at home. That was to Carolina and to Buffalo. And I think that was in January, if my memory's correct. I but mean, they got to make it to OT first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they got to make it to OT I think first. And the, thing is, we'll the thing is, Dallas goaltending is significantly better than the Pittsburgh goaltending. That's true. And it, it's going to be, I mean, I, I'm not saying, they're not going up against Igor Shostakovich, no, no, obviously. Close. You know. Uh, Igor. Ottinger. <laughs> well, Jake, Jake Ottinger is a much better goalie than Tristan Jari and Casey Smith. No questions about that. But let's keep in mind, Dallas' defense in general has been very weak to a certain extent in, in many ways this year, especially when you're losing 14 times in overtime. So, look, I think I think we'll get there. I think Pittsburgh wins in overtime, and I hope for once my lock can hit the semester. That's all I'm asking for. All right. All right. Cross your fingers. We'll see. I guarantee. Just like Mark Messier guaranteed back in 1994. Jeez. You're out here guaranteeing, and I'm like, yeah, Princeton will lose by less than 10. Probably. <laughs> oh. I think Princeton's going to win tonight. I hope they do. I think they're, they're not playing. That would be wild. Here's the thing, Carm. Well, so you can't win, be wrong because Princeton's not playing tonight. <laughs> That's oh, all. Playing tomorrow night. Tomorrow. Dogs. Oh, dogs. <laughs> tomorrow. Dogs. Anyway, I think they'll win tomorrow whenever they're playing in uh, Kentucky. But... It's going to be a good one. I think we'll see how it plays out. And with that, I think we'll step aside for a few seconds. Locks is done. Opening segment. Adios. Coming up next, can we just talk before we hop into hour two of the Thursday crew? Here on 88.7 FM, WRSU FM New Brunswick. We're also online at WRSU.org. Can we just talk? We can talk, all right. Let's get right to it. Thursday crew. as always, Carl. Hey, I try. What can I tell you? Bopping a boopy. Here we are. Thursday crew. About 10 minutes or so to go on hour number one. We got a whole crew for you here. And gentlemen, let's recap our spring breaks. I didn't do much. I went home to Long Island after calling a exciting Rutgers men's lacrosse win over Princeton on March 11th. Dante I remember Kulis, that. I was on proud for that. Thank you, sir, for getting me on. You did a Th- great job calling that by oh, yourself, thank by the you. way. 
I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, it was great. Great game. Coolis had four goals. Dante Coolis, sophomore, four goals, including the overtime winner, 14 to 13. They went on to beat UMass one week later on the road, 11 to 5. Coolis had two goals in that game, too. So We'll cover Rutgers lacrosse more in uh, hour two of the crew, but yeah. pretty good game overall. But besides, you said you went home to Long Island? Yeah, just back home on, on the island with the family, spending time with them. Not really, you know, much to do. Went to uh, went to my local church out there. Uh, spent time with, um, you know, uh, my uh, my uh, my friends out there, my brethren out there at uh, my local church on uh, the island. And uh, yeah, it was great. It was a great old time with everybody. Good time at church. Good time with family. Came back Sunday night, and now we're back in the swing of things. We're almost done with this semester already. So, pretty simple stuff. That's it. I mean, I didn't have a very interesting break myself. I was. I was back in New York City, where I'm from, and uh, I tried to leave the house as little as possible. I was exhausted <laughs> from the first half of the semester. I don't know why. Great minds so clearly See, that's think smart. alike. I wish I did that. Yeah. Great, great, Daniel. Great minds clearly think alike because yeah. that was also my mindset. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was traveling the whole time. Where I you? I went to Los Angeles for four days, which wow. I've never been to the other side of the country, so that was pretty cool. Nice. Um, and then right after that, I went to Puerto Vallarta in Mexico. Wow. And I was there for five days, so wow. it was. I'll be honest, like it was a lot of fun but by the time i got back it's sunday and i realized i got school the next day i didn't even get to relax so yeah, you know but it was fun i see the tan a little a little bit, bit. it's, yeah, it's starting to feel yeah it was more burn when i was in mexico because the the sun there is a little bit strong sure, but sure. you know uh yeah it was definitely a lot of fun just not much relaxing mostly doing <laughs> stuff you know <laughs> yeah no, there were i would say there were like three days that i didn't leave the house at all i just I stayed home. Oh, those are basketball. rookie numbers. Really? Oh, wow. See, I could have used that. You did I could have definitely five, used that. Um, seven? Yeah, no. No, not seven. I did I did have to leave the house to, like, do some grocery shopping <laughs> at one point. I had to leave the house to do prod for the NIT game that we don't want to talk about. Um, but other than that, other than we'll that I don't think I left the house for any reason. Actually, no, that's not true. I, I actually did do some shopping over, over the weekend before I came back. Now uh, that you mentioned the NIT game that we don't want to talk about. I, uh, I, I thought we have, weren't going to talk about it. No, we're talking about my experience driving oh, okay. from New York City to New Brunswick on my break to watch an NIT game that we don't want to talk about. At the very least, they could have made it an NIT game that we do want to talk about. You drove. Yes. In that First weather. off, yes. where, where in New York City are you from? So I'm from like the, uh, the Upper West Side, so Got it. not mm. far from the bridge. Oh, wow, nice. You drove all the way from there to come here for that game? In that weather. In yes. that weather? Yes. In, in the snow? Weather. It wasn't like dangerous snow. It was like, it was no. sort of nice it, it was still, actually, it was still. It was still a bad, bad not, affair not, to come out to. Several years here, it was like probably the second or third time I've actually seen snow here. Yeah, I was in Mexico. Snow. I couldn't believe it was snowing. Yeah. I was like, it's like 75 degrees where I am. Of course, right? Can't even imagine it. I actually had to come back here for a day. I took the NX with me after oh, I yeah, covered that game. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I ran into you when you were on your so, way out. So, so I had to come here from Long Island, drop that off, take... The LIRR, which 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 I always do, I take the LIRR to Penn Station, hop on the NJ, NJ Transit to come to New Brunswick, drop it off. Snowing Jeez. still. Oof. Same exact amount of snow here as it was where I'm from on Long Island. Ma- now, Mas- now that's, was a, it? that's a long okay, train ride, flurries. Carm. Yeah, that's yeah. a long train ride. Yeah, yeah. You, you got you got any tunes you like to listen to on <laughs> such a long train ride? Uh, no. I just um, I just think to myself and I kill time in whatever way I no, can. No, you and do not. Really? Yeah. I I no, could like, wow. music, no, no podcast, no, no music. No, I could not. You don't spend, even fall asleep. 
Sometimes I do. Yeah. Oh I could not God, spend that t- that much time alone in my mind. That I would go crazy. <laughs> no, no, I mean, you know, you know, I've got nothing to do. I don't have headphones or whatever. I'm I'm not gonna blast the music. You, you don't, don't have headphones? headphones? I know. Why not? What do you mean you don't have headphones? I'm, hold on. I, I don't have earphones. You don't even have like the Apple free ones they give you with the phone? Uh uh-uh. uh. You don't listen to any kind of music or any kind of podcast. I do any. listen to music and stuff, but not with headphones. He listens to Can We Just Talk. Oh, there we go. I do do that too. <laughs> so, so you listen like if you're in the car or something. Exactly. In car, whether I'm in my room, whether I'm in the shower, whether it be um, you know walking around outside, I'll put it out loud, but not too loud. So not a big music fan though. I am, but I just don't use <laughs> headphones to listen to my music. <laughs> headphones are like a huge part uh, of my that's, existence. That's an interesting. Uh, I'm old that's school. Interesting I'll put it that question. way. I'm headphones very old go school. everywhere with me. Yeah, no. If yeah. I don't have my headphones, it's a bad day. Yeah. I went to the gym today and I didn't have my headphones on me and I was that's freaking brutal. out. I literally yeah. have them on me right now. Yes, yeah, so I have them right here. Right here. <laughs> yeah. Along with my little, my little, uh, almost eleven-year-old iPod. You both <laughs> are gonna find out very quickly. I'm old school. Yeah. I'm old-fashioned. No, I respect it. See, I, respect see, it. I think I, I thought I was old-fashioned with this little iPod here that's almost ten and a half years old. Carm, Carm does. Carm listens to music. Do you still like put 50s. new music on that? Yeah. I didn't even wow. know you could do that anymore. Yeah. I mean, wow. it's it's a pain in the butt, but do you I, pay I, for I, it? Do you do like the the one twenty-nine a song? Yeah. Do you have iTunes? There's um, no way you're paying I, for that. I, I, I if. If I'm putting new music on it, generally I try to get a, a physical CD. But <laughs> oh, wow! But so you're like, both, you're, you're both very old school. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm not as old school as Carm. Though. <laughs> no, no, um, no, I mean the, the only reason I still use this is because it still works. Once it breaks, hey, then, yeah, that's you know, I'd Move on. But. See, that's awesome though because I held on to my iPod Touch for like a really long time, way past everyone else was doing it, mm-hmm. and then. It just got to the point where it was it was too inconvenient to have a phone and an iPod Touch. Yeah, well, because it's the same that, thing without exactly, calling yeah, and texting. That's, that's, yeah. a, that's a lie. So that's a lie. Mine, mine's an iPod Nano. You got the it's Nano. Tiny. It's a little one. It's, yeah. it's, it's tiny. That it's is like amazing. The length of my index finger. Can I so. can I see the headphones for that? Oh, this, these are just okay. normal Fair. black earbuds. Seeing that like, brings me back to like third grade or something. Yeah, man. <laughs> third grade. Very nostalgic. That was, that does was, that have like that the, the brick game on it? Okay. Yo, does that does that have the little like brick game on it? I remember I my iPod had a little. There was like a game on it. Yeah. Think, I don't think this has any games on it. But yeah. for, okay, so no, people can't people yeah, right? can't see yeah. people can't see my iPod. So I'll let, let me just describe it for you. It's it's a little red, all touchscreen except for like the home button. Yeah. iPod Nano from like 2012. Um, it's about the length of my index finger, so that that should tell you about how big it is. Not very not very wide. Not very thick um fits in my pocket pretty easily yeah, it's I, easy I to bring o- around i only small. listen to music on it i don't i don't do anything else on it i know you can watch videos probably play games on it but i, I just so have that you the video and ipod thing 20. always like took too much space it's just not worth mm-hmm. it i think yeah. the ipods are best for yeah. like just music yeah i mean just like like if it wasn't this i guess it could be like any other mp3 you know what's crazy though it started all with like an ipod right. a mac Look at it now. Like, everything. Oh you have a phone. You can do anything on it. Yep. Anything. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to think anymore. I mean, I Google can. it. I can. I do have Spotify. I could listen to Spotify on my phone, but... I, you pay for Spotify, but you still have, No, like, I don't pay for Spotify. Oh, you free Spotify. Uh, so, I have, so I you have it where it shuffles. It do, you can't even pick the song. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, oh, that's... I nice. used to have it, and then they'd play the ads at the most inconvenient oh, times. Yep. And I'd be like, ah! You oh, know? I know. <laughs> and, that, and that's why I still use this little guy. Yeah, when, when some, the ad comes on, you some, pull out your iPod. <laughs> somehow, somehow still alive after ten and a half years, and I'm not really sure how. So, so that's from 2012? <laughs> that, that, that iPod's from 2012? 2012. That was 12th birthday present for wow. me. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. So yes. Jake, hey, it got its use, right? 
Got yeah. its use. You got your money out of that. <laughs> oh, I certainly did. It's one valuable iPod. Jake, you're a senior, obviously. Mm-hmm. Pete, you're what year? Sophomore. You're kidding me. I'm a baby. You don't look like one, though. <laughs> I want to thought junior, senior. Dave? Uh, Dan. Dave. Dan? You're so used uh, to having Dave sitting I'm, next year. I'm used to Lieutenant Palumbo here. <laughs> uh, senior as well. Dan, senior, really? Yeah. Well, I'm a junior, so I got some time. You're going to hear me for a little bit more. Oh, no, yeah? yeah? You'll hear me, too. Oh, that's right, baby. Welcome aboard. Yeah, well. Let's go. Look, I mean, you, baby? <laughs> you're going to find out very quickly that we all have quirks here at WRSU. We're all our own characters. I'm I'm pretty old school. Jake the Snake over here is a character in his own right. Uh, we got. I'm Lieutenant gonna take that as a compliment. It is. It is. It was not meant to be an insult. We all a character in your own right. We all have our own quirks. I'll put it that way. And uh, you know, the the more you guys join us, and once you get board pass and all that stuff, you're gonna find out what we're really about. And at the end of the day. We're all a bunch of hooligans who like to have fun. Mm-hmm. That's what we are here I, at I thought we established last crew that I prefer scoundrels. Scoundrels, <laughs> fair enough. All right, fine. Fine, we're scoundrels like Han Solo over here. We're the, we're the, uh, the Han Solo scoundrels, and, we'll, and we like to have fun at WRSU. We'll put it that way. I don't know. Look, I mean, this is, again, it's a great thing here. Thank goodness we all had a spring break. It's good to be back, though, and... Uh, I mean, the semester's already almost over. I, I just can't believe it's how crazy to quick think it's, it's like, gone. It's like five, six weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. wild. Second week of May, it's all done, and Jake will be walking. Yeah, how do you guys feel graduating? Uh, you ready? I don't want to talk about yeah. it. <laughs> it. It's pretty weird. I like also had such a strange experience because I like transferred in and then COVID, so like I had a very kind of uh, sure. Uh, it was a very <laughs> strange kind of not on campus and then on campus and and. But, no, I've enjoyed it here, and I'm going to miss it for sure. Where do you uh, transfer from? I transferred from Ithaca College. Okay, cool. Did you like it there? or? I transferred. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) that answers it. I think that tells the answer right there. (laughs) But I did transfer. It's a smaller school, right? It's a lot smaller. It's a pretty – so, like, growing up in New York City, it was a pretty isolating, like, uh, very rural sort of uh, environment. But – you know, this is uh, this is much more my speed up. Yeah, I can't imagine it. Like a small school, I just I, I could never picture myself oh, no, there. Me too. You know, me too. That's the thing I love about Rutgers. There's like fifty thousand people here. You can do anything. Like, that's the reason I came here. I I I would have just felt like so suffocated at like a small school like Kutztown. Or like whatever. if I knew everybody, I'd be like, what? Like you walk outside here and you see new people every oh, single yeah. day. Never it's, run into the same people. It's weird when I randomly run into somebody I know or right, I've seen before. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> like, I, see, did, I just ran into Max Sanchez earlier today, which I wasn't expecting. <laughs> the guy, first off, this guy, when, I'm sure when he came in, or, or maybe not, the guy was passed out on, on the, uh, the chairs taking a nap. <laughs> was he awake you when you came no, in? No, no, no. Was he awake when you came in? Max? Yeah. Was he awake or, or was he asleep? He, no, I ran into him outside on college. Oh, oh, outside. Outside on college. That's what I was talking about. Oh, okay. I was like, ran into He's asleep on the sidewalk. Randomly <laughs> running into somebody. No, 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 no I, it would no. be weird if he was passed out no, on the sidewalk. Before you came in, a while I was on the air, and before he left, he took a quick power nap out there in the newsroom. Power, all the power to him. Yeah. <laughs> Three chairs together, slept like a like a bear, and then he woke up. And Most he comfortable sleep. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's nice. I wouldn't say comfortable is the right word, but I don't know. Look, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be an intriguing end to this semester. There's a lot going on. 
I got a year more. I just, oh my goodness. I got one more year of this place. But no, Rutgers is great. It's a great place. You want big, but you don't want Penn State big, you know? Because Penn Definitely. State big is way too big. It's also in the middle of nowhere. That's true. Look, you've been out yeah, there to Penn State. Oh, yeah. Really, you, you know. Penn it's, State's... Penn State's a beautiful campus. I've been there three times oh, now. wonderful campus. Yeah, but go two miles outside Penn State. Nothing. What is it? it no. It, 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 there's barely even the all the hills that Pennsylvania's famous for. Like, it's, just, <laughs> yeah. it's just nothing. Yeah, one of my it's boys. It's a boring part of the state. <laughs> I have a friend who goes to Penn State or who went to Penn State, and every single time we would, like, try to make plans or I'd think about visiting him, I would look at where Penn State was and just be like, how, how mm-hmm. am I going to get out there? Like, uh, yeah. you're going to get out there driving on one road for three and a half hours from here at least. Yeah, no. or, or I'm not going to get out there. Like, or not at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not in it for a, uh, yeah, no. a three-mile we- three Western PA, west of, west of the Appalachian Mountains, is just like no man's land. Not a place There's you like want to be. N- not, definitely not a place you want to be. Tell you that much. <laughs> no, I mean again. Probably you'll probably meet some colorful characters out there. <laughs> <let me tell laughs> you. I've been there three times. It's a great place to visit. It's not a great place to be at every day. I'll put it that. Not way. a great place to stay. Not, no, 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 it's not. It's not a great place to stay, long term especially. We're but lucky where we are. I mean, we got New York very close. Philly. We got yeah, exactly. No, it's not, not, no, Rutgers is and beautiful. Knock it, knock it in whatever way you want, but. The location is prime. The, the location's phenomenal. There's beaches literally like 30, 40 minutes away, too. Mm-hmm. And it's getting nicer. Give it like a month. I'll be heading out there You're on the weekends. You're from Jersey? Yeah, yeah. So I'm from South Jersey, like 15 minutes out of Philly. Got it. Yeah. Where's that Cherry Hill area? Yeah, yeah, Cherry Hill. Got yeah. it, got it. Okay. Yeah. Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill. <laughs> where, all the, where all the Jersey folks think they're actually from Philly. Yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like basically. I, I speak uh, as someone who's actually from Philly. Are from, you? From inside of Pennsylvania. Are you, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Philadelphia? Where? Yeah. Uh, just outside Philadelphia, Chester County area. Just outside so. of Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Exactly. I'm just though. outside of Philadelphia too. Here's here's the thing though. Here's the thing though. You don't have to pay any tolls Pen- to get Pencil- into Philly. That that's one thing. <laughs> also, Pennsylvanians do not consider South Jersey people Philadelphia. I mean, so neither. Look, I don't consider myself Philadelphia. I consider myself right outside Philadelphia. Well, there you go. <laughs> but that that it's just funny to me. Oh no, I know. <laughs> We get that <laughs> reputation. Look at you guys all near a city. I was literally born yeah, in Yeah, no, Manhattan. you you live you live upper west side yeah. in, in the city. And, and I'm an hour outside of New York City. And trust me, the Long Island Railroad's not fun to take. <laughs> it's not. No, Penn Station like Oh, it's a nightmare. Top 5 worst places. Oh, ever. I hate Penn Station. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I basically grew up in Penn Station and I hate Penn Station. It's I, awful. This is this has bad. been your this has been your uh Weekly we rant about Penn Station here on 88.7 no, WRCFM no, no, New no, Brunswick. Awful. Awful. <laughs> no, no, Penn Station's a We could have led with Penn Station. <laughs> we we should have led with Penn Station. Station. Yeah, we should have we, we led with Penn Station. Although huh? the renovation is coming see, along. See, I, I, I've never don't been. Don't renovate it. I wouldn't bury a fish in Penn Station. <laughs> That's how bad I, it is. I've never been to Penn Station, New York. The, the, only, much, the only major, like, really big train stations I've been to are Union or what is it like Union you Station just, yeah. in mm-hmm. DC and yeah. obviously 30th Street in right, Philly. In Philadelphia. Which, that's a wonderful train it station. It is nice. I've been, been there. there once. It's pretty nice. It's it's a beautiful building. Yeah. The thing that's interesting about Penn Station is it sucks. You can tell that nobody wants to be there yes. because they all walk faster. Yes. The moment someone enters Penn Station, I feel like that's a lot of New York. No, no, no. <laughs> it is to a certain the extent. The moment you walk through that threshold, everyone is just like in a rush to yep. get to exactly where they're supposed to be because they don't want to spend any excess time yep. in the actual. That's station. fair. I mean, you're there to travel. You're not there to stay in Penn Station. No, but and, but and if you and if you are to 
there to do anything in that general vicinity. You're not there to be at Penn Station. You're there to catch some event at the Garden. Yeah. Think about it this way. It's like traveling to Newark Airport. You don't want to be there. You just sit there. You get in the plane. Even worse is JFK. No, I just traveled through JFK. Oh who my god! Who are you God. telling? I've only oh, heard no. stories. Who, who, who you don't want to go? You don't. And no, if you, you travel international, you do not want to be in JFK. I, I've heard that it's worse than Philly Airport. Oh, it's yeah. way worse. It's the bad. customs was an hour and a half. I was just standing in a line. It's oh horrible. man! Penn Station is worse than JFK. It's worse than it old is. school. Old school LaGuardia was like the worst airport on earth. Guardi is still bad. It, no, it, but it's a lot nicer. It's gotten a little better. Yeah, it's a lot. Nicer. The good thing is there isn't a ton of people there. It's just very small and yeah. you'd be shocked. You'd be shocked though, LaGuardia. Yeah. Depends on the gate. I so guess it's I the day too. There. Depends on the terminal. I've heard, I've heard some really good things about about the new LaGuardia. It's okay. Well, oh, I've traveled okay. by uh, Spirit in LaGuardia. That's about the worst it gets. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> honestly. Well, I mean, but hey, fifty dollars to go to Florida? Why honestly, not? Honestly, I mean, my I, trip in LaGuardia to Fort Lauderdale was not that bad. Yeah, was not that bad. Not at now, all. now, my question: Why were you? Because. If, if you you live in Cherry Hill, why yeah. why would you go all the way up to LaGuardia? Instead so of, instead I was in New Brunswick. It was it was this year first semester, and I was visiting my friend in Florida. Basically, the cheapest ticket that I could find because I was like I was doing it as affordable as I could. Oh, okay. I went through LaGuardia. And I went through Newark Spirit. would be way right. more expensive. Oh yeah, much of course. Nicer definitely. Airport. Yeah, I mean there and back. I think I spent a hundred and ten. That's great. No, like, it's, yeah. it's phenomenal. Yeah. I spent. I spent maybe 120 back and forth, uh, uh, LaGuardia to Fort Lauderdale. Mm -hmm. Simple. No problems. Yeah. That was great. I mean, it's worth it. Look, if you're willing to do it, it's definitely worth it. But um, not the most enjoyable experience, but you'll get there. You, you know, you'll get, get there. there. You will get there maybe in one piece. I don't know. I, I haven't flown on a plane in years. <laughs> so yeah, I've flown on too many planes in the, the past the, week. The last, time yeah, I really? flew, <laughs> the last time I flew on an airplane, I was in middle school. So. Oh, really? Lucky yeah. you. I, I'm not sure I have. I'm all planned out, man. The past few weeks. No, me. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, we are past 7 o'clock. It's almost 7.10, believe it or not. Oh. So we had a first hour and set eight, now eight minutes of crew. <laughs> we'll have 52 plus. minutes when we come back on the opposite side of this break. You know what? This Can We Just Talk was a great one. Have some fun. Sit around the campfire. Do whatever. Sit, sit around with the pals. Talk about whatever's going on. Talk about life. And now we're eight minutes past the hour. So we'll step aside, we'll come back, and we'll talk about men's lacrosse, baseball of Rutgers. They're on a hot streak right now, and uh, we'll get that going in an hour or two when we return on WRSU-FM, New Brunswick.